0: you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody on the campus and those joining us online. Uh, Grab your Bible or turn on your digital device. We're in Matthew chapter 24 uh, this morning. And you know, a part of the driving experience is this interaction with signs. Some of those signs, they inform us, right? That, uh, you know, 20 miles to your, your exit. Uh, or they, in, they invite us if we're getting a little bit hungry, pull off and uh, grab something to eat. Or we're tired, hey, pull over and you can stay at, at this hotel. Uh, some signs warn us uh, that there's road construction ahead that the right lane is closed and everybody merge left. And, and these signs aren't just for the driving experience. These signs also are part of our everyday life. There are signs that God, God has given us in his word from Genesis to Revelation signs because he wants us to live our very best lives now. Now, last week we started this brand new series called Signs and I realized that... Um, For some of us, we begin to look at, quote, the signs of the times or a Bible study about end times, there can be a little bit of hesitation. It can feel a a smidger traumatic. Uh, Maybe you grew up in a church where someone stood in front of everybody and began to scare the jabizis out of you, that if you didn't turn, you'd burn, and it's the end of the world, and that guy. and And so I understand, or there's apprehension, or there's a sense of uncertainty. I introduced this timeline to you last week. And the signs that we're looking at deal with what the Bible calls the second coming of Jesus Christ. They don't deal with the rapture. There are no signs in the Bible. And I taught last week, and you can go back and and watch that message. There's no signs about the rapture. This supernatural event where God takes all believers from the earth um, and takes us to, to heaven. Now, most of us have no problem at all believing in the first coming of Jesus. We call that Christmas, and you're all in on the Christmas uh, experience. It's the second coming of Jesus, although the Bible speaks to it much more than the first coming, and he wants us to be in on what God is doing. Now, I realize that in all of our lives, right, we are, um, you know, we're, we're going to work, we're trying to pay bills, we're raising kids, uh, uh, perhaps you're in school and you're just trying to pass the math test or you're about to get your driver's license. I, I, I get it, you're about to get married, you're kind of wondering, will I, ever, you know, will I get married? And all of a sudden a guy like me stands up and talks about the end of times and you're like, oh, wait a second, we, we got a vacation scheduled for the Caribbean and we've never been there. It's my bucket list, right, to go on. And, and, and I get, I get, I get, there can be lots of confusion. Like it says it's an exit, but then it says it's not an exit. And you start talking and people are like, oh, wait a second, PMC, I got a question for you. If there's this rapture and I live in Florida and my family lives in Ohio, will we know where they are in heaven? Because it's probably a really big place. We don't know what's going to go on, right? And so, or, or will we recognize each other? Like, will we be able to tell what, what, what they look like? And then someone asked me this question this week. "P.M.C., if we get raptured, are we all going to be naked? <laughs> uh, I can't take you to chapter and verse when it says, thou shalt not be naked in heaven. It's not, I can't take you to there. But, but I can tell you this. That, that the example for us is Jesus. Jesus who died on the cross was buried in the tomb. Three days later, he became alive again. And more than 500 people were eyewitnesses. And nowhere does it say, oh my. Don't look. You ain't got no clothes on, right? I, I, nowhere, does it, nowhere does it say that. Now, one, one interesting thing about as far as being naked in heaven, you, you realize... That before there was sin in the world, there was a time when there was God and our first parents, Adam and Eve, and there was no sin in the world. And like, they weren't wigged out about being naked. It wasn't until they decided they would do life on their own without God. So I don't know the exact answer. As far as knowing each other, I can tell you, you will know your family. Your family will know you. Uh, people knew who Jesus was in his resurrected body. They, they knew who Jesus was. I, I get it. I totally get it. It's, it's like, okay, is it an exit sign? Is it not an exit sign? It's, it's confusing. And like, PMC, come on, man. I, I kind of like, I mean, like my family. The Gators look like they got a really good team this year, and no one has to worry about Clemson. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, maybe, maybe. Can we wait after this season? Or oh, I, and it, <laughs> You're a human being. And God isn't a killjoy. God's not into, you know, not letting you have any fun. He wants you to live. As someone else asked me, and I thought it was a very brilliant question. They said, hey, PFC, okay, so we got this rapture thing, right? And all of a sudden, instantaneously, and maybe you've read the books left behind, or you've seen a movie, and, you know, someone's driving down the street, and they're in the car, and they're a believer, and all of a sudden, whoo, they're in heaven. And the car, you know, kind of, does, does the car keep going and go over to the sidewalk and kill a bunch of people? I don't want people to be hurt because I got raptured. Like, oh, I mean, <laughs> flying in an airplane and the pilot, you know, is gone. What's going to happen to all the people on there? Hear me. There's a big difference in your life of knowing God, knowing about God, and knowing him personally. And can I tell you something about your God? He loves people. Your God is a God of life, not a God of death. Death is the result of sin. And so I, I, I don't know, I just kind of come to the conclusion that, listen, if God could create the whole world in six days, if, if God's able to do all the miracles that he does, and the rapture happens, he, he could cause my car to stop in the middle of the road and just stops and doesn't hurt nobody. I, I don't know I know this, God is patient. He's long-suffering. He doesn't want anybody to miss the great party that's gonna be in heaven called Eternity One Day. He wants everybody to get in on this. So I, I don't know exactly what happens to those cars, but my hope is... In teaching this series, that that you become aware of the signs and you will be gone. You'll be in heaven. Now, let me just give this one last piece of summary as a, as a, a way to encourage you. Because I'm trying to lean into a space that you've never experienced place called heaven this big idea of wait a second there's going to be a generation of people who don't die they get raptured there's the second coming of jesus rather than it seeming like it's this terrible no good end times it's the end of the world we're just holding on for dear life because it's so bad and jesus come back that's not the narrative at all let me see if i can help you so you're enjoying your best life now you've gone on vacation somewhere you're hoping to go on vacation. You've seen a piece of creation. You're dating somebody. You're engaged to somebody. You're married. You have kids. You have grandkids. You're, you're looking forward to retiring. There's all these things on this earth right now that you enjoy, that, that bring pleasure to you, that are satisfying to you, right? Now watch this. God, I believe from the Bible, God in six days created everything that brings you pleasure all the places that you've traveled the institution of a relationship a marriage kids a career finances all the things right the emotional mental financial relational things that satisfy we like being satisfied ice cream good steak on the grill all those things, right? God created it in six days, and it brings you so much satisfaction. You're like, I, I, I've experienced this, but you mean like it's gonna be gone tomorrow? Can he, could he just wait till I get married? Could he wait? Wait, wait, wait. No, watch this. Compare all of this that satisfies you to this. Jesus says in John chapter 14 to his disciples, then and now. They were worried because he said, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. And don't worry about it. I'll come back and I'll take you to be where I am. And I taught that to you last weekend called the rapture. You'll be with God in heaven. Now watch this. Everything that you're enjoying right now, all of the human ecstasy, all of the sense of satisfaction, God created in six days and it brings you great joy and great satisfaction. You're loving it. He did it all in six days. For the last 2,200 years, he's been in heaven preparing a place for you. If you think what you're enjoying right now is good, can you imagine what he's prepared? 2,200 days. It's going to be good. Your God is not a killjoy. Your God is all about human satisfaction. Everything on earth does its best to give you a temporary satisfaction. You go on a trip and it, can, it feels good in the moment, but then you come back to life. In a relationship, in a career, all these things on earth today, although you might be like, oh, wait a second, p.m. Understand, it's only temporary. We're headed towards a moment in time where it's forever. And now with that said, I jump into the words of, of Jesus to help shape our time together. Look what it says in Matthew 24 on the big Bible on the screen or your Bible in verse three. And Jesus was sitting on the mount of olives the disciples came to him privately yeah jesus tell us now when will this happen that's the questions that we're asking and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age we want to know what's the sign tell me the secret sauce jesus answered first of all watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name claiming i am the messiah Will deceive many. Now let's pause for a second. You might not have somebody walking around in a robe and a slipper in your neighborhood calling himself the Messiah, but there's a lot of us who are deceived by our careers. You're looking to your career, you're looking to your 401k, you're looking to your family, you're looking to a hobby, you're looking to a particular political party. What he's saying is listen, you just make sure that as you're traveling in life that Jesus is the center and the point of all. you are. Now, you will hear of wars. We, we get that. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. That's happening in our world today. But see to it that none of you are alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. We see that. We see that in the news. And kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines. We see that in earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. It's the beginning. Remember, all the signs that we're looking at, that God wants us to be aware of, point to the second coming. Jesus came the first time as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem. He is coming a second time. The, the signs point to that. The rapture, there is no sign. That's seven years prior to that. So if we begin to see some of the signs pointing towards his second coming, it tells us we must be even closer to this, this event called the rapture. Now, Matthew 24, let your eyes drop down a little bit to verse 36. But about that day, right? That's what we wanna know. What's the day? What's the time? What's the place? I wanna be ready. I wanna make sure I got my bucket list, everything that's in before that happens. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Jesus doesn't. Jesus doesn't. This, this is God the Father's space. As it was in the days of Noah, now watch this, it's a sign. As it was in the days of Noah, so will be at the coming of the Son of Man. See, in the days of Noah, people were doing their own thing. They were living according to their own standards. They weren't interested in, in God. So they were living according to how they felt, what they wanted, what they thought. And they were unaware of what was going on. Notice what happens in verse 38. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Definitely a sign today. Most people live not with God as their filter making their decisions through their relationship with God. Notice the, the, the reference to the rapture, which happened seven years before in verse 40. Two men will be in the field. In our language, two men would be in an office complex. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with handmill. hand mill. One, Same thing, two women are at work, one will be taken, one will be left. Therefore, Here's the encouragement. Keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. Understand, lean into this space. If the owner of the house, that's you, that's me. If you knew, right, that tonight somebody was gonna come and break into your home, you would keep watch and would not let your house be broken into. So you must also be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. I'm I'm here as your spiritual coach. I want you, listen, every coach wants the team to be ready to step on the field of play and to win. I want you to win in this life and the next life. That's why we're doing this series. I want you to be aware of, not paralyzed by these signs, not afraid of these signs, but to be aware of them so you can make your best life decision in light of them. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give a few what I'm going to call international signs this morning, and then I'm going to give us some, some handles, some action steps for us to take along the way. Let me just say as as, as a preface, as I outline some of these international signs, you might think that I'm speaking to politics. I'm not. I'm teaching you the Bible. I'm teaching you the Bible. I live in a, a political culture. And some of the signs that Jesus in the Bible, understand Jesus lived in a political environment. The whole Bible was written, you had kings, and you had judges, and you had governors, and you had rulers and authorities. There was politics that were in play that that crucified Jesus. There were politics in play as the first church began to spread across uh, the Middle East. Politics are a part of our life. To say that politics don't belong in our conversation, in our spiritual life, is a lie. God speaks to it. So in a moment, when I begin unpacking some things that are happening in the world today, and I show you where they originated in the Bible, it's not politics. It's the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. So are you ready? You got your seatbelt on? Here we go. Let me, give you some, let me give you some signs that you can begin to look at and consider. And, and let me just give you some good news. You might be like, PMC, listen, I just don't, I don't pay no attention to the news. I'm not interested at all. I'm not involved, I'm not engaged. Hey, listen, I'm with you. I'm for you. Good news, I'll unpack some things today so you don't, have to, you don't have to watch the news, okay? I'll point it to you. Hey, if you're the kind of person, listen, I'm a cable news junkie. I've already had it on today, right? And it's actually on my phone right now. I'm kind of listening to you, Mark, and I'm listening to Fox, right? I, whatever. Hey, I just want to equip you to put on a biblical lens so that when you hear about some of these international things that are happening you understand what's going on okay you ready here's the first sign the nation of israel then you say wait 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 mark i've always kind of wondered what's so big about i mean you understand it's a postage stamp it's the size of rhode island the nation of Israel is in the news. The only country that's in the news more than the nation of Israel is the United States of America. And you understand, until 1948, the nation of Israel for 2,500 years did not exist. Why so much controversy? Why so much angst? Why so much oppression against Israel? I mean, you've not seen throughout the history of all mankind, you've never seen the kind of... You haven't seen it against Asians. You haven't seen it against Africans. You haven't seen it against Argentinians. You haven't seen it against Germans. Uh, 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 Why? Because in this life that you're now living, the great pushback, the blowback, is against what God has said in his word. Here's what the Bible says. Check it out. Genesis 12, 1 on the big Bible on the screen. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household, now notice it, to the land that I will show you. I don't know why God, I mean the Bible tells me Abram had unique faith, but God chose Abraham and out of Abraham, God created this nation called Israel and he called Israel his children. I'm a Gentile, I'm, I'm not a Jew. I've been adopted into God's family out of the orphanage of sin because of Jesus. But a Jewish man or a Jewish woman, by birth, God declares they are my children. Then God says something interesting in verse 2. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great. Understand, to this point, he didn't have one child. And notice, notice he says, leave your children current geographical space and go to this land. If you've ever gone to the nation of Israel as a tourist or for business, you will hear them speak of the land as if it's a person. It's personal. The land isn't just like, I, I'm from Georgia, I'm from Ohio, I'm from Indiana. It's personal to them. Because God said, I will bless you and bless, bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. I'm not talking about the sign of the United States this morning, but I do want you to understand from my perspective, the reason the United States is so blessed is because of our blessing of Israel. We were the first country. In 1948, on May 16th at 6.10 p.m., President Truman, the United States of America, was the first Country to recognize the nation of Israel for the past 2,500 years. And I think God has blessed us. Israel had this journey where they would trust God. And then they'd kind of say, ah, not so much. We're going to kind of do it our own way. They'd get themselves in a jam. They'd begin to cry back out. God would send a deliverer. They'd find freedom. They'd trust God. Sound familiar? They'd kind of say, ah, eh, not so much. They'd get themselves in a jam. <laughs> they'd cry out to God. God would send a deliverer. They'd have freedom. And there's this cycle. In Jeremiah 32, the Bible says, I will, God speaking, I will surely gather them from all the lands where I banish them in my furious anger and great wrath. God spread the nation of Israel across all of the world. And it's only been recently that they've become, it becomes a sign. It's a sign towards this world event that since 1948 they have become a nation. And the migration back towards Israel, right now a country around 9 million, they are growing, they are expecting by 1940 to have 60 million people back in the land. Ezekiel 39 and 28. Then they will know, Israel, that I am the Lord their God. For though I sent them into exile amongst the nations, this was written 2,000 years before Jesus. I will gather them together to their own land, not leaving any behind. It's an international sign. Let me give you another. In, in Europe, Europe is an international international sign. And there's a prophecy that took place in, in Daniel uh, chapter number two. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time. You can take a picture and talk about it in your small group. Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar comes to Daniel and says, again, thousands of years before Jesus, But watch how relevant it comes in 2021. And he gives them this sign about all of the different um, ruling empires throughout time. It began with the Babylonians. It's the head. And the Babylonians, that was King Nebuchadnezzar. But then the Babylonians eventually came out of power and the Medes and the Persians came into power. Then eventually the the Greeks. Then we know of the Romans, right? The whole Romans, Jesus time. But then the Roman um, um, uh, dynasty, it became fading. But there was a prophecy that there was a coming resurgence of the great Roman Empire. And we begin seeing this in modern history, because until what we call the European Union today, and this is the founder, Henry Spake, he said this in the 50s, we do not want another committee. We have too many already. What we want, remember, Europe has gone through the Second World War. Their sense of significance in the world has been minimized and marginalized. You've got the the power of the United States is rising, the power of Russia is rising, and he says, what we want, watch this, is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance to bring all of these European nations, the former Roman Empire, to bring them all together. To lift us out of the economic morass. The Second World War was not fought here. It was fought over there. Destroyed the land into which we are sinking. Send us, watch this. Send us such a man. And be he good, be he God or devil, we will receive him. And Henry is the architect of what you call today the European Union. Now, why is this significant? So in 2016, the United States elects a president who goes to the United Nations and says something that no other president has said. He stands before the United States, before the United Nations, and says, I am the president of the United States of America, and I will put the citizens of of America first in all that I do. I won't put NATO first. I won't put the European alliance first. I am the president of the United States of America. He steps out of globalism, and he steps into nationalism. And for the next four years, he's attacked. This is biblical. This is not political. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I kind of like my leader saying, hey, listen, I'm all about you. I'm not going to send money to them people overseas. I'm going I'm to give it to you because you're the, you're the, right, and you're, hey, 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 wait, 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 before you get excited, I'm about to burst your bubble, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I get excited in the short term, it's kind of like sugar, sugar makes my body excited in the short term, (laughs) and then it wears off, biblically, and this is the hard part, biblically, the power of the United States has to fade into globalization Because the Bible says that the resurgence of the ancient Roman Empire will take place. I can't make this up. This week, the new president of the United States of America spoke for the first time. And reversed course. And said out loud, I want the world to know That America is re-entering the global economy. That our first and foremost decisions will be for what's best for the world. Now, I know that discourages you on one level. But on a biblical level, this has to take place. It is a biblical sign of the time. The Bible also talks about, when we talk about Europe coming together... That in in ancient times, there's this prophecy out of Ezekiel chapter 38. And it talks about this country called Magog. And the city of Magog. And they're to the north of Israel. And they will come and they will invade. Gog, Magog, this ancient city to the north. If you were to go and Google right now, this city directly to the north of Israel today is Moscow. And this alliance that you have now, between Russia and Iran, which Iran is ancient Babylon remember the head, Babylon this alliance makes no sense at all. I- I- Iran, which is an Islam uh, a country, which has a, a, a spiritual guidance, a spiritual person guiding there, is now partnering with Russia, which is an atheist country. Why? they have a shared purpose, and primarily in the hatred of Israel. And these global events, Ezekiel chapter 38, where all of this push, it was in your news this week. One political party in America does not see the value of Israel, so they wanted to withhold a billion dollars that supports Israel in what's called the Iron Dome. It protects Israel because Israel and the 39 nations around it want to annihilate Israel. And so it went to a vote. Perhaps you've watched some of that this week. I'm I'm glad that our country decided to continue to support Israel because God says, I will bless them who bless Israel. What am I saying? I'm just saying these, these these are signs. They're not signs for you to get wigged out about. They're not signs for you to bite your your nails and to get worried. God wants us to be aware. A whole group of people were unaware of what was happening when the flood was coming. There's Noah, he's building an ark and everybody's going about their business as if nothing's going on in the world. My name's just Mark and it's not Noah and I'm not building an ark. But I want you to know I'm standing before you as your spiritual coach. I want you to know the Bible says just as in the times of Noah and these signs point to a flood is coming and I want you on the boat. So you ready? There's just a few practical things. I'm gonna give them to you quickly. Get your number two pencil out. Snooze you loose. You will have no excuse. You ready? Here we go. Number one, I want you to write this. Let me, let, me, let me give you some context. Philippians chapter one and verse six, the Bible says, being confident of this, what? That he, God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God has started a good work in us. He, he wants you to know he's gonna carry it on to completion, but we've got a part to play. You've got a part. You've got to decide who are you going to center your life on. That's the first big idea. I want you to center your life on Jesus Christ. Colossians 3. And I know you're like, I know I'm supposed to do that. Yeah, hello. Wake up. Stop supposing and start doing. Colossians chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Center means to be balanced. He's not asking you to be some weirdo, to go home and hunker, and say, I'm just holding on till Jesus comes back. That's got nothing to do with Jesus. And if you say those kind of things, shut up. God created you on purpose and for purpose. And we see these times. We want to be out and let people know, hey, I'm excited. I'm not worried. I'm not stressed. I know of whom I've believed. Center your life on, that's why we're having 31 days of prayer. And I know 7 o'clock in the morning, some of you are like, my goodness, Mark, I go to bed at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get your smartphone out. you got no excuse. I am setting you up. I am a coach getting you in the end zone. You've got to make a decision to get your blessed assurance off the bench. Are you ready? Get your, get your, get your phone out or pick up this card. If you can't join me, and I'll know if you do you don't, because Facebook tells me. If you can't join me at 7 o'clock, This Friday, for 10 minutes, focusing on God, prayer, and the Bible. Here's what I want you to do I want you to send me your best available number. Is it a cell number? Is it your email? And what we will do later in the day, I will send you those 10 minutes. We're going to record it. You say, I don't do Facebook. I totally understand. We will send you the video so you can participate at 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock, before you go to bed at night, okay? I want you to center. You have no excuse. We have no excuse for not centering our life on Jesus Christ. Here's the second thing. You got to commit to God's word. That's right. You got to make a commitment. We make commitments to so many things. Notice 2 Timothy chapter 3. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed. You gotta decide about that. I, I believe it. And useful one way or another. All the success I have in life is because I just tipped in and believed that God's word is true. Showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has given us. The gap between where you are and where you hope to be the problems and the pressures, I guarantee you that gap is filled by your inactivity with God's word. Stop complaining, stop blaming, and stop whining, and open up your Bible and start reading it. Do it for seven days. Come back and tell me that it didn't do anything in my life, and I'll quit. Listen, you can't score if you don't lace up your Nikes and get on the field. Here's the third thing, connect to the church. And I know you're like, oh man, here we go. He's going to tell me, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad some of you are joining us online and I get some right now are are, are a little concerned about the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. I I understand. But listen, if you're at the Gator game, I understand if you didn't go to the Florida State game, but if you are at the Gator game, oh, I understand why you didn't go to the Buckeyes. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's, uh, I, 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 I get it. Connect to the church, Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day? The second coming of Jesus Christ. Getting in a small group. If you're not in a small group, start a small group. Text group to 63566. We'll get you connected. Get on a team. You know, don't, don't, I love you. Make a decision today to stop being a consumer. I've got so many people, you consume. You come, you don't serve, you don't give, you sit, you soak. And the reason you sour and a lot of your family don't want to hang out with you is because you don't serve. Get on a team. Get some grass stains on your uniform. Get some sweat, some stinks. you got to go take a spiritual shower. you got to get in the game. All right. I'm giving you a couple things. I hope you're writing them down. Calm your mind. It's easy to get wigged out. It's easy to feel the pressure of the world. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 don't worry about anything and said about everything that's what we're going to start doing on Friday tell God what you need let him know send him, a, send him a text he's not too busy for you and thank him for all that he's done then you will experience there's the promise then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus I'm telling you the next election is not going to guard your mind it's not going to give you the peace Whatever you think the the market's going to do this week or whatever you think, those things do not give you the peace. Your relationship with God is what gives gives me the peace. And if you don't have a relationship with God, you can start today. Love for you to begin. How do you do that? Mark, just have a conversation. Mark, where you're sitting, you're online. Have a conversation. Go something like, hey, God, it's me. Today, I choose Jesus as my savior. I've sinned, I know it. I've been trying to fix it on my own. I've been stuffing it, pretending, blaming it. But today, Jesus, I confess my sin. And I believe that you died on the cross for me. You were buried. And three days later, you became alive again. And right here, on this campus or online, I choose to trust you as my Savior. I want to help you take your next best step. And you can do two things. One, you can text the word today to 63566. The word today, 63566. Or you can use that card and stop by our connection desk. I want to help you. I want to help you grow. Here, Let me do this. Would you, would you stand with me? I, I know normally about this time I pray over you and I send you out the door and I say peace. But stand, stretch your legs maybe a little bit and uh, I, I want to I shape these next five minutes because I think they're really important in your life. Before we run on with our, with our day, we put all these pieces together, your relationship with God. At some point, you've got to pivot. And what I hope oh. to stir up inside of you is a sense of, of compassion for all people. Uh, in other words... The signs want us to understand that Jesus Christ is coming again. I'm glad that you've made a decision for Jesus. That's good. And, and that if, if Jesus were to come back, you and your family would, would go to heaven. That's good. But he's left you and I here for a purpose. Thessalonians tells us that he wants to spur us and teach us on how to love one another and all people. That's people who look differently than us, act differently than us, identify different than us, vote different than us, that are just different than us. Those are the very people who don't need us criticizing them. They need us building a depth of a relationship that's called investing. You invest your life into them to invite them to discover hope in Jesus. So here's what we could do in in these final five minutes with Corbin and Autumn here. I want to create a space just a quiet space for you and your God to think. Maybe your history of church that you're used to, you know, kind of God begins stirring you. Maybe he stirred you this morning towards something that, that whatever, that's between you and your God. You, you can talk to God where you're standing or you can come down to what, what perhaps you knew this as, as, as an altar down front and it becomes a line in the sand where you want to have a conversation with God. Rather than just rushing off the campus today, we want to give you these five minutes to really think through these signs. And how am I centering my life on Jesus? Where do I need to center my life? Am I committed to God's word? The easy way to evaluate that, just compare your Netflix, your primetime, your Hulu, your YouTube, your screen time on your iPhone to your time with God this week. And, and, and then just pivot. Don't, don't, let, don't let the devil beat you up about that. Just say, okay, it is what it is. Okay, this past week I wasn't. I'm going to pivot and I'm, I'm going I'm to commit. And maybe there's somebody that you need to have come, come, as, as Corbin and Autumn lead us. However God might be touching you, before you rush on with your day, make this space his space. Pursue him with all that you are. God, have your will in your way. In Jesus' name.